y'all. I'm Gretchen Purser, and this is The Mess Is Mine, the podcast where we talk about religion and politics and all the other stuff that you're not supposed to talk about at the dinner table. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's great to talk to you today. I've got a lot to say. It's June. Um, if you get a chance, before I get started, if you get a chance to subscribe and leave feedback on your Apple podcast platform, it will help more people find this somewhat sporadic My Apologies podcast. So this is a little bit delayed because things just kept happening. Like, as I would start to write something, something else would take center stage. Also, I kind of like to have some positive things to talk about, or at least a positive spin. And as you might have noticed, good news has been a little bit thin as of late. I mean, I don't have to tell you, but we've been in a worldwide pandemic for two and a half years. So even though COVID isn't done with us, we are definitely done with it. Uh, Fortunately, thanks to vaccines and boosters and good medicine, we are back to living our lives. But we are far from normal. I heard on a podcast the other day that even though things are getting better, we feel like it's still like 25 to 30 percent worse than it was before the pandemic. There's just a low-grade irritation out there because, like, everything is more expensive and more difficult than it used to be. Gas prices, grocery prices, airplane tickets. You know, eating out takes forever because there's a workforce shortage. There's, like, one person working for 30 tables or something. There's a car rental shortage. There's a baby formula shortage, and I feel so bad for those parents. I went to buy balloons the other day. There's a helium shortage, y'all. You know what? We are short on everything, including patients. We're over it. We're over things being hard. People are tired and cranky. And out here in D.C., everybody's forgotten how to drive. So if that wasn't enough, <laughs> we got, then we got problems with Russia. We've got skyrocketing inflation, fights over abortion rights. And there was a primetime congressional hearing to investigate the possible criminal actions of a Republican administration. I mean, wait, what year is it anyway? Are we in the 70s? Am I wearing an unfortunate brown corduroy jump dress? Did my mom just kept my bangs? Anyway, it very much is starting to feel like past his prologue, right? We have a lot to deal with, so we're going to break it down a little bit. And I thought it would be really good for us to talk first a little bit about how our brains work and why we don't always see things the same way that our neighbors see things. We're also going to talk about our gun issue, because how can we not? And why it's so hard to fix. We're going to touch on um, some Supreme Court things real quickly. I'll tell you what to watch for in the January 6th hearings. And then we're going to kind of delve into just a little bit on something that is sort of the root of some of our problems. It's actually called the gerrymander, but you know it as the gerrymander. So do you all remember once upon a time there was that blue dress? (laughs) Not that blue dress. This blue dress was one that was in a photo that was taken in the UK back in 2015. It was all over the internet because of the color of the dress and the fact that some people saw it as gold and some people saw it as blue. Now, we tend to trust our own eyes. So when you see a dress that is clearly gold and your neighbor sees a dress that's obviously blue, it suggests that somebody is either blind or they've lost their damn mind. We see what we see, right? It was extra crazy because nobody had a really clear scientific explanation, except for like two years later, these people called vision scientists. I'm not really sure why we have scientists studying this stuff when we haven't cured the common cold or cancer, but never mind, I digress. Anyway, scientifically speaking, they found out that the color that you saw was influenced by whether you spend most of your time in the daylight or by artificial light. So it's like shortwave versus longwave light. I don't know, science words, blah, blah, blah. But the gist is that something about how the photo was captured left some key data points missing. So there were holes. 
So we already know that our brains crave simplicity and certainty, but this is the part I didn't know. When information is missing, whether it's complicated or it's unfamiliar, our brains make assumptions based on previous experience. Our brains default to what we already know or already believe, and it just fills in the blanks for us. Even worse, it doesn't stop there. Moving forward, after I've decided something, my brain will continue to reject facts that make me uncomfortable and seek out information to strengthen my beliefs. I'm going to reject or tune out information that doesn't align with my established beliefs without even knowing about it. Here's an example for you. So according to Real Clear Politics, most of us, like 70% of us, think the country is going in the wrong direction. If you watch the news, if you watch any news at all, you're inundated all day long about how terrible the economic outlook is and how bad the economy is. But is it? I was reading last night in Axios, which, by the way, if you don't subscribe to Axios, this is a little plug, you need to. It's brief, it's clear, it's unbiased. You can spend a minute or two and feel like you've got real information that you can use. So it's my very favorite. They're not paying me. I just happen to think they're the best, and I want you guys to be informed. A-X-I-O-S. So Axios reports that the high gas prices in the stock market and an inflation and everything are kind of hiding the true facts here which is that this economy is really working for a huge number of Americans. You don't say. Kind of shocking, right? And while, yes, things cost more, we're also making more and we're spending more. So it's kind of going around in that circle. Home values are on the rise, but young people are having higher home ownership than ever before. Retirement accounts are actually weirdly doing well, and people are planning to retire earlier than they were before. There are 11.4 million jobs available, and I'm pretty convinced that they're all in the places that I want to go. 68% of us say we have a rainy day fund. That's pretty good for Americans. The truth is, things haven't really been this good for so many people in decades, but we don't even recognize it because we're waiting for the next shoe to drop. Even though most people's lives have improved drastically since 2020, we are just inundated with news about how terrible things are 24-7, and our brains are conditioned to believe it because all we've gotten is terrible news for two and a half years. Does that mean this stuff isn't legit? No. Does it mean I like to spend $5 a gallon on gas? No. But we've been here before, and this will pass. A lot of this collective misery is just legit COVID hangover, like the crime and the supply chain, worker shortage, mental health crisis. That's all COVID-related stuff, and it's not going to snap back overnight, even though we want it to. It could take a couple years, y'all, and we really don't like that. It's going to take a whole lot more than the Queen's Jubilee. If only and Captain Jack Sparrow winning his court case to put us in a better mood. Everybody's heard about the serenity prayer, right? About the thing about controlling the things you can control, letting go of what you can't control, and the wisdom to know the difference. Well, we're expecting to control a lot of things right now that just kind of need time to right themselves, like the supply chain and inflation. And we're letting go of things that require action, like gun safety legislation on January 6th. We need to be wise enough to know the difference. So I think we should just all take a deep breath and remember those wise, wise words from George Costanza's dad on Seinfeld. Serenity now! So how do we get everybody to sort of see the same color dress? The truth is that on the big things, most of us are already there. Our founding fathers were really focused on protecting the minority from the majority. They actually called it the tyranny of the majority. But what about the other way around? What about when the majority is being controlled by the extreme views of the minority? Two key issues from this week right now come to mind. 70% of Americans want common sense gun reform. And the minority party representing a minority opinion is blocking it. 
Seventy percent of Americans also oppose overturning Roe versus Wade. But now we think that the Supreme Court's on the brink of overturning it, setting off a firestorm in every state in the nation. I'll talk about that in a second. All right, y'all, you already know guns are a problem. So what I want to try to do here is to convince you that this problem is not insurmountable. So on the day of the Tulsa hospital shooting, right after Uvalde, there were 234 mass shootings already this year. And that number has already jumped to 246. There is no evidence that this violence is going to stop. And the only upside to this senseless killing is that it seems that it's finally holding our attention. People are finally demanding action. The average time frame for holding our attention after something like Sandy Hook or Parkland was four days. It's been a couple weeks now, and there are actually hearings happening in the Senate right now as I speak. Have y'all read the Second Amendment? Because I don't think I'd actually ever read it. It's only 27 words long. It reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's it. You know, in all these years of hearing about people's right to keep and bear arms, I never, ever hear them talk about the first three words. All the red-faced, spittle-spewing, ZZ-top-bearded people talking about their constitutional rights seem to omit the well-regulated part. And my purple-haired friends at the Fair Trade Coffee Co-op who want to seize all the guns in favor of pea shooters and slingshots, I'll say to you, the Second Amendment doesn't need to be replaced or repealed. It just needs to be properly interpreted and enforced. Guns should be well-regulated. Y'all probably heard that the NRA went ahead and held their convention in Texas, just a few hundred miles from where children were actually being buried from that slaughtering in Uvalde. And of course, super-Christian and hunting enthusiast Donald Trump was there, mispronouncing the names of the victims and suggesting that the schools are turning a blind eye by not having enough security. Then he closed with some bizarre campaign dance. You know, we've got dead kids, and he can't even be bothered to say their names correctly, and then he does a dance? And the worst part of all is that there was almost no coverage of it, because you know what? We don't even expect anything different from him. Serenity now. Okay, so we cannot control the fact that Donald Trump will not go away. That what we can do is we can call our senators, 202-224-3121, and demand common sense gun laws. Tell them you're with the 70% of Americans who favor, number one, raising the gun purchase age to 21, number two, universal background checks, and number three, a waiting period and red flag laws. I'm sick and tired of politicians who say the laws wouldn't have prevented this violence like Ted Cruz. It's simply not true. Uvalde, Buffalo, Sandy Hook, Parkland, Columbine, all of these shooters were under 21. In fact, six of the nine deadliest mass shootings since 2018 were carried out by young men under 21. An age limit would have prevented Uvalde. A waiting period would have prevented Tulsa. Yes, these people were mentally disturbed. Of course they were mentally disturbed, but there are mentally disturbed people in every country. Our country is the one that has more guns than people, and we are not, despite what our founding fathers wanted us to be, well-regulated. I'm just going to touch for a second on the other 70% issue, which is that 70% of us don't want Roe versus Wade overturned. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because, frankly, we don't have a, an opinion yet. We, all we have is the leaked draft from Justice Alito. So we know where they're headed, we think, but that's speculative. And the other piece of it is we're going to know soon enough because the decision is supposed to come down any day now in June. You know, despite what the media would tell you or what you might hear in your church Americans are pretty moderate. We mostly like to be in the middle. thats I still believe that's the case. The numbers support that that's still the case. Most people don't want to talk about or think about abortion, but they don't want it to be illegal. It's kind of the same thing with guns. Did you know only 32% of America even owns a gun? Most of us don't even have a gun, but we don't want all guns to be made illegal. 
There are literally 70% of us in the middle, and we've got 30% on each lunatic fringe that are driving this train. Now, why is that? At the risk of oversimplification, you probably already know the answer, and it's called the gerrymander. Now, the history of the gerrymander is kind of interesting because it goes back to 1812, and it's this guy named Governor Elbridge Gary, actually. It's spelled G-E-R-R-Y, but his name was Gary. So this guy was governor of Massachusetts, and he wanted to have a district that was more beneficial for him so he could get reelected. So he redrew the district to sort of include his people and exclude people who would be against him. And because the, of the shape of the district, it, was kind, it looked kind of like a salamander. So people called it the gerrymander. Hmm, fun fact, in case that ever comes up in Trivial Pursuit. So if you spend years and years and years refining your district so that it only caters to your party, then eventually the the general election doesn't even matter. Whoever whoever is nominated in the district by by the ruling party is the winner of the election. Well, on its face, you might think that's not really a problem. Like if, if the people of this district believe this way, then what's the problem with that? It's because you can never be pure enough. This is why members have to choose between doing what's right and getting reelected. It's going to be really, really hard to admit in rural Alabama that you want common sense gun laws. At the same time, if you're running for Congress in San Francisco, you're not going to admit that you think abortion should have some restrictions. When the election is decided in the primary, there's way less room for moderation and there's far less room for doing what's right. And that is why it's a problem. Out of 435 congressional districts in this country... Only 30 to 35 of them are considered competitive seats in the 2022 election. 94% of our country is polarized. Everyone agrees. Everyone's in the same vein. So if you're a Republican and you happen to disagree with somebody's position, you're still going to vote for them because they're the guy from your team. Same thing goes on the other side. So nobody ever has meaningful debate. And the people in the middle, the 70% of us, we just get ignored. They know that most moderate Republicans will still vote Republican, and they know most moderate Democrats will still vote Democrat. And they know between our social media and our friends and our communities and our networks and our brains, it's really, really hard for us to change teams. Speaking of teams, I don't know if y'all knew this, but this is the 50-year anniversary of Watergate. And if you're not watching Gaslit with Julia Roberts and Sean Penn, I highly recommend that. It's fascinating, really well done. Anyway... It's been 50 years since Watergate. And, you know, I guess I read all the president's men and all that, but I don't think I really ever fully appreciated the depth and the breadth of the corruption. I think I always kind of thought of it as child's play and it'll break into the, D- to, to the DNC. It didn't seem like a big deal to me. But the story's really not in the break in itself, it's in, and not even in the cover up. It's in the persistent sort of abuse of power in the Nixon administration and the notion that he really did believe he was above the law. Does that ring a bell? And I think as current Republicans, a lot of us, you know, romanticize the past and think, oh, those Republicans back in the day and the Nixon, they held Nixon accountable. They took him down. They did the right thing. Well, kind of, but not really. Not for a while. Not till their feet were held to the fire. Not until people had actually been prosecuted. People were more than willing to look the other way. Nixon had just been reelected. By the way, I don't think I ever knew that the, the committee to reelect the president was called creep. That was prophetic. So there are a lot of parallels between Nixon and Trump. I mean, the whole notion that if the president does it, it's not illegal. Um, The idea of a cancer on the presidency. And then also the thing we're hopefully going to find out a little bit more about during these hearings is what did the president know and when did he know it? 
I'll say again, I think it's really just flat out sad that there aren't more Republicans besides Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger who actually want to know what the truth is. That's not the party that I that I once knew. But they've done it at no small cost to them personally. So we all owe them a debt of gratitude. I hope that you will tune in. You know, some of you say it doesn't really matter what Donald Trump did. He's gone. And those of you who refuse to believe that he has an eye on 2024, that he's not coming back around again, I just have this to offer to you. You miss me yet. We won the election twice. And it's possible we'll have to win it a third time. I have a lot of friends. They say... President, you're going to win the election so big in 24. In 2024, we are going to take back the White House. A Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. And I wonder who that will be. Who, who, who will that be? I wonder. There's just really one thing to say. Okay, my people, that's all I got for today. Just remember, things are better than you think they are. Things are better than your brain wants you to think they are. (laughs) Blue dress, gold dress, whatever. Please call your Senate office. You don't even have to know what their names are. Just give me your state and they'll hook you up. 202-224-3121 is the number. Be a vocal 70%. And please tune in to the January 6th hearing starting this Thursday night. I hope the sun's shining wherever you are. I hope you have an amazing week and an amazing summer. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.